This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to helping you become a savvier marketing leader, no matter your level. In each episode, we will dive into a relevant topic or challenge that marketing leaders are currently facing. We will also give you practical tools and applications that will help you put what you learn into practice today. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We put worksheets on our website that summarize the key points. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to take a deep dive into the world of digital marketing. And this is in order to break down what can often be described as an intimidating black box. And we know for a lot of our listeners, that's definitely the case. And so always our goal on the show is to give you the tools to one, understand things better, but also take action and do things well. And this is one space where we think it's just so hugely important. So we just have too many clients and folks that we see either completely shy away yeah. from a lot of these things or barely dip their toe enough into things and then not really make an impact. And really, we know that comes from a fear of doing it wrong or not understanding or not feeling like they have guidance. So our belief really is no matter where you are on the journey, you can be using digital marketing to your advantage. And the goal of this episode is to do just that, help you understand what's out there and what that means for you and your business. Yeah, I say the other side of the coin to that one too is that sometimes businesses fall in love with certain <laughs> tactics, like yes. and they over index on those tactics. Like Google ads are always seem to be a popular one that people feel like I just like an easy one to execute. Then they just pound away, pound away <laughs> at that tactic, really trying to like really use that one, that just that one in order to break through. And they're looking at their metrics and they're hoping for you know, that 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 cost per click that. It's really, really important based on their benchmarks, but they really just they just stop and say, hey, is this even working? Is it efficiently getting to my consumer customer target the way I want them to? Do I need to approach it from a different standpoint? Like all those questions that help you get to the actual strategy of it all. Exactly. And so for this topic, we're bringing in a special guest, Ben Lund, founder of Rise Marketing Group. And Ben brings a vast experience in this space. So the likes of companies like Google, Yahoo, Monster. So this is one where Ann and I can speak it to a certain point, but we really need the expertise and the assistance here. So Ben, thanks for joining us and please introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really uh, happy to be here. So yes, my name is Ben Lund. I'm the founder of Rise Marketing Group. And it's crazy to say, but I've been doing advertising since 2005, which is kind of a long time ago now. I don't know. What... <laughs> and the funny thing is, I'm mean, sure some of you guys is um, still in the industry because I love it. It's always changing. It's never boring. And it has true impact on business growth. But um, as you mentioned, been at a variety of companies, uh, a couple notable ones, Yahoo, back in the mid-2000s when Yahoo was the Google, when people went to Yahoo to find out <laughs> so stuff crazy, on the internet. That crazy. <laughs> that fun little portal that still exists, still kicking, then an ad agency, RKG, since acquired by Merkel. And then I was at Google here in Cambridge. We're in the Boston area. And then just kind of took the leap into entrepreneurship four and a half years ago, almost five. And yeah, so that's a little background. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, so with that, we'll get into four tips for using digital marketing to your advantage. And I'm going to set each of these points up, but I'm going to rely on Ben to give all the great examples, contextualization beyond what I can do. And so you'll hear a lot from him and a good amount from us during this episode. So the first one is that machine learning and automation are the way of the future. So you better get on board. And we talk a lot on this show about consumer savvy and how that has gone up tremendously. Expectations are a lot bigger. 
Um, they're able to snuff things out a lot quicker. And Ben, I know when you and I talked, we talked about the fact that machine savvy has had the same sort of growth. So no longer are we just putting something out there that we've built and hoping it will be seen. Now things have gotten really sophisticated and really crowded. And so that opportunity is long gone and you got to be a lot better for it. And you got to use these tools from a technical standpoint that are out there. And we also know there's tons of companies creating their own messaging and they're creative and then just kind of plugging it into the system, which is also a missed opportunity. There are lots of ways to leverage those machines better. And the thing really to master now is how to put the pieces in and then train the algorithms to create the message for you. And that's kind of where my technical expertise, a lot of which I've learned from Ben, <laughs> starts and stops. But I think the point of this point, right, is consumer savvy has ratcheted up. The technical world has ratcheted up. COVID helped that in a big way. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I'll turn it over to you, Ben, to just kind of talk about this point and really how to use automation and all the learnings we have effectively for your business. You know, automation and machine learning is not going away. It's only accelerating. And just to give a couple data points on that. So when I was at Google, I was an account manager for some key accounts. And in addition to being an account manager on key accounts, I was also the automation and audience specialist for our vertical. And this is dating from 2014 to 2018. So even then, Google in market was doing a lot with automation. Now at the, the automation in Google, let's call it 2016, is much different than automation today in machine learning. Back then, it was all about automated bidding. So before, when you had any type of search campaign or display, you say, okay, I'm willing to bid this CPC, this cost per click, it's going to be $1.25 for this keyword, $3.25 for this because it has a better conversion rate. It's very, as you mentioned, very manicured. A lot of thought and effort went into it. But then Google's like, well, tell us what your conversion event is, whether it's a transaction or a lead. What, at what cost do you want these conversions at? Maybe it's $25, $75, whatever. And then Google's like, I'm going to focus on that because that's your ultimate goal. And you're going to spend more money if we're hitting those goals. So back in the mid teens, 20 teens, um, <laughs> uh, Google is really rolling out um, a bunch of machine learning practices for a, a tactic, which was bidding that was very manual. Now, fast forward a few more years, Google's taking automation and machine learning a whole step further as with other platforms. So for example, in early 2022, Google rolled out a campaign type called Performance Max. And what Performance Max, it's a 100% machine learning, machine learning derived campaign. You tell Google what conversion event you want to optimize towards. You upload a bunch of creative assets, display video or display banner ads, display search um, headlines and descriptions. And then Google will just serve your ads across all their platforms. So search display, video, YouTube, um, Gmail, and discovery. And then Google will just find it with their algorithm. So now what's happening is as marketers, you are just training these algorithms. You're taking these uh, very sophisticated systems and learning how to manage it to your benefit. It's almost like it's almost like someone gives you a key to a brand new Porsche, or maybe it's an EV Porsche or something like that. It's like, okay, have at it, drive it. But if you if you're in marketing circa 10, 20 years ago, you're like driving an old Volvo stick shift, whatever. <laughs> it's a certain type of expertise. Um, 
And there's pros and cons to it. For the control freaks, that's going to be hard to understand because you don't have that full control. But for those who really dive in um, and understand this is where we are and where it's going, they can be quite successful. So if I was sitting in a company and I was a marketer, what would I need to be thinking about? What kind of inputs go into something like this in order to be successful? Because what you said, I get it, but it sounds very sophisticated. I'm just kind of thinking about like all the people on their side, I don't even know like where to start on that or even how to prepare for something like that. Yeah, definitely. So any ad platform that you're on, Google, for example, make sure that you have solid measurement. So solid measurement means if you're using Google ads or any platform, Meta, Facebook, Instagram, you have these conversion events set up. So anytime that someone fills out a lead form or transacts with you, that's set up and that is funneling back into the ad platform because that is what Google and Meta and all the other platforms are going off of. So if you give it bad information, the best algorithm in the world isn't going to succeed because you're feeding it just bad data and it's just going to get confused. So one, just make sure you have the Google Pixel set up, set up to spec. If you're unsure, this is something you should absolutely outsource because you want it to be done correctly. So that's one. And then number two is um, create some really good assets. And then this goes back to like marketing 101 of creating some good branded assets. So that could be display or video focused or even copywriting for any headlines and descriptions. And if you have good copy and then really good measurement in between, that's where Google and the platforms are going to do all their ma magic of like, okay, let's identify different audience segments, what works, what doesn't. But I would say just focus on those two areas and then you should be in a good spot. That makes a ton of sense, which brings us nicely to our next point here. And that is that automation will give you a leg up and make the digital space more manageable. So these first two points do definitely go hand in hand, but I think it's important to talk about them through different lenses and different language, which is what you're here to do, Ben, is to help kind of pull back that curtain for us and, and contextualize. So really, I think the point here is that automation in and of itself is a tricky topic. So because so often it's not done well. And then when this happens, so many frustrations come out and you get a message out there that doesn't apply for your consumer, or you spend a bunch of time on a chat bot that then doesn't actually pay out for people, or it becomes too much of a frustration, or it's addressing things that it shouldn't. And so as consumers, it's frustrating for the experience. For the businesses, it's frustrating because it becomes really cumbersome and inauthentic to the experience you want to put out there. And honestly, I'll say from my standpoint, this has become a real frustration of mine is someone trying to reach out cold calling and Ann and I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely automated. And it's like now I'm getting these ones where someone solicits me and before I can even delete that message, their quote unquote boss, manager, et cetera, has reached out and said, I was really compelled. I know you already heard from Lauren, but now I'm going to reach <laughs> out. And oh, by the way, the message they're putting out there has nothing to do with anything that would even apply for a business. Like recently we got one, I got one about engineers, hiring engineers. And yeah. I was like, well, how did I get served this automation? We don't do anything related to engineering, right? And so when you think about all this stuff, you can see how tricky it gets and how hard it can be to use it to your advantage, which to the point in the beginning, we said a lot of people shy away from tools that could actually be very powerful for them. 
because they've experienced it badly. They don't know how to internalize it. And then they don't know how to set it up for success. So Ben, I know you have a lot to say on this point. We talked about this a good amount when we first chatted of, of how to do this well and just what the pitfalls are when you don't do it well. It's good to understand, uh, like one, the benefits of automation. So it is super valuable to do it as long as it's done well. And automation can span many different platforms. So we talked about like chatbots, so you can interact with customers or potential customers when you're sleeping and you're tied up with something else and that will just happen automatically. You can have automated email sequences go out. So if someone signs up for this and you boom, day one, they get, hey, thanks for signing up. Day three, you get this, day five, and then just so forth and so on. So there's a lot of great value in that because it kind of works when you're not working. Yes, you have to front load, but you have to be very thoughtful when building this out. And it almost comes back to, we have young kids. Um, the golden rule is like treat others the way you want to be treated so and i assume you don't want to be just like spammed and harassed for with information <laughs> that you don't even care about so Thank then you. don't then don't do that to people that visit your site um because that you wouldn't want that to yourself so the key is is when you do any type of automation whether it's chatbot whether it's sms whether that's email always just Make sure that it's going to be a good experience and it's going to add true value to, to the experience. And with like a chatbot, for example, maybe that could just be like a helpful dialogue to help users navigate throughout the site, but always give an option to like, hey, you want to tap out? I'm not going to force you down this automated path. Tap out, contact to a real person and just keep it, try to keep it as real and as human as possible. Because um, you will stick out because everyone's, or not everyone, but a lot of people are leaning into automation and will do it more and more. And even content is being automated by bots now. But over time, like that could be a, it could be a shortcut. But if you, if you do it really well, you're going to stick out because you're going to be very genuine in an ungenuine world. So I would say, leave it to the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Be thoughtful. There's a time and a place for automation. There's also a time and a place where it doesn't make sense. So, you know, if you're stranded at an airport, I don't want to chat with a chatbot. I want to talk to a real person. It's a very real recent situation for the world. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so, yeah, just understand time and a place when it makes sense and just put yourself in the user's perspective. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And we just had a really fabulous episode too with Alicia Conlon Heard, where we talked about automation in the context of funnels and, and how to effectively basically strategize and, and manufacture your funnel in a way that is going to be very value added so you can pull people down the funnel. And I think this plays right into that conversation, kind of double clicking it down. See what I did there? Double click double it click, down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a very uh, point well taken is if you can start then to really map out your automation according to your funnel, you've added a little bit of strategy to the where, the how, the why, how do you make sure that it feels and it continues to feel authentic, like you said, so you actually stand out in, in this in, in a world that where a lot of people are not doing this well whatsoever. I bashed drip email campaigns. I won't bash them in this episode. I already did that. 
<laughs> I have, a, 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 yeah, a, just a significant anxiety and just like a pulsion for how people are using drip email campaigns for, for cold lead generation. That all being said, I think um, an element of, of diligence is to think about your automation in terms of the, your consumer experience, your, your consumer's purchase cycle, and making sure that your automation is matching up with that in a way that's going to effectively pull people down the funnel. Yep, I agree 100%. Um, you just have to be thoughtful. Just because you have a cool widget to do a ton of things doesn't mean you should do it. And when you should do it, like be very careful because you could you, you could have a pretty negative impact on your brand if you don't do it right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I always equate this one to when, you know, we used to try to get on the phone with someone and you'd get served up the like, well, please select this. Well, please answer this first, which still happens. But like, this oh is God. the version of that, right? And I'm like, you're screaming into the phone, speak to a representative. <laughs> yeah. It's like zero, the, yeah. zero. <laughs> you know, zero, zero. And then they just disconnect you and then you yes, just exactly, exactly. <laughs> those of you that are less familiar with chatbots keep that in your head when you explore down this path or any of the automation for that sure marketing smarts is sponsored by scottmouts.com s-c-o-t-t-m-a-u-t-z.com scott mouts is a popular keynote speaker and number one best-selling author whose latest book and talk leading from the middle helps middle managers dramatically increase their influence up down and across their organization want your company's middle managers and leaders equipped to foster a high-performing organization want them inspired to drive the change and transformation that's a challenging necessity moving forward then go to scottmouts.com to check out leading from the middle and all of scott's keynotes trainings courses and books on a personal note, Marketing Smarts has worked with Scott as our business coach and found our own successful results. So we highly endorse him. All right. So this is one that Ben and I definitely aligned on. And I was happy that you brought this one up, Ben. But brand needs to be at the forefront of digital marketing now more than ever, which this ties to what we were just saying about the consumer experience and yes, the funnel and your golden rule and putting it to the perspective of how do you want it to be served to you, but brand automatically puts you in that place. And so a lot of what we've seen is it's the shiny new thing. Everyone's using it. So I should use it. Oh, Hey, I don't really have to do the hard work to strategize against my marketing. I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, look in AI or whatever the, you know, those things are for people. And I think that this is one of the places that you really can stand out and not appear tone deaf. And the interesting thing is the brands that are actually really strong and know who they are will be able to both create an experience that works, but also opt out of the places from a digital perspective that don't make sense for them as yeah. a company or a brand. We've talked about the fact that the digital space is so crowded. Ben, you and I kind of riffed on this whole idea of you used to be able to just put something out there and it would be seen, right? Storefronts were a big example of this. If you were able to just get a storefront up in the digital space, then you would sell because it was a new place and it was a new experience. It was kind of cool and early adopters wanted to be there. And now it's just not the reality anymore. And so from a brand perspective, you have to really think through and know what do you uniquely own and what does that mean to your consumer? What pain points are you solving? And then build an actual relationship 
with your consumer now more than ever in this digital space. This is a huge opportunity so that they know what to expect from you. They keep coming back for more because you're doing all the things that we said not to do from the previous point. You're doing it very well. So you're delighting them. And then they're advocating on your behalf because we know that one of the ways that consumers are finding their way through the digital world is through word of mouth. It's Mm -hmm. why influencers are so important. It's things like reviews and you know i mean even on facebook the the different groups that are popping up where you can ask for the group's expertise on local whatever or the best trip they've been on etc this is where capitalizing on your brand will allow you to meet your consumer where they are but also know them so well that you know not only what experience they want from you but what messages they want from you and what they're ultimately going to say okay that's somebody i go back to over and over again and you're digital can help you in that way. So I'll stop talking and let you kind of give your perspective here as well. Building a brand is tough. It's not easy work, but it's so incredibly important. I feel like a lot of marketers out there, they just gloss over the branding piece. Be like, ah, yeah, no, we kind of do this and that, but let's just get to some exciting things like getting ads and getting people to our site. But if you don't take the time to really understand your brand and who your audience is and your differentiators and your true value that you bring to the table and and even what you stand for, you're just leaving money on the table. It's um so and you're going to reap a lot of rewards from it. And as you mentioned, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you let's say were on market for a certain vitamin or gift or insert whatever, um, any type of product, generally speaking, you would, you go online, you'd find it in any e-commerce store. You'd be like, okay, cool. They have, I'm going to buy for it. Now times have changed. Now people are like, well, do I want to transact with that store? Do I trust it? Or even more so what's happening is people are waiting to spend their dollars in, in order to work with, or transact with brands that align with them and even sometimes moral fabrics of what they believe in. You know, several, for examples is Patagonia has done a great job at that. Great job where they built a brand, they rarely ever discount and they stand by their products and they do a a whole bunch of great uh, good around the world. And for me personally, that resonates with me. I'm willing to pay a premium for it because I know it's going to be a great product. They do have great uh, mission statement. And if I ever have an issue with them, I can return it and they're going to fix it. And they're going to take a greater share of my um, apparel spending just for what they stand for. I personally am not going to go on Amazon and just find like whatever cheap pair of jeans, which will be fine for six months until they're not. Um, but yeah, building a brand is so incredibly important. And then even on an advertising perspective, when we're talking about all these automated campaigns like performance max creative is one of the things that the marketers control and it's very important to put together quality creative because that will yield significantly higher results so my takeaway here is branding is tough and you should hire the experts to help you out with it because it will reap a ton of benefits and just don't gloss over it And a lot of people just don't even know their brand. Um, And that should really be thought through. (laughs) Yeah. So if I was going to stand on my Tide box for a little bit about brand in the digital world, I I think, you know, what we're saying is 
there's a lot out there, right? And it's a lot to choose from. And in order to differentiate, the only way that you can differentiate is through brand. Mm -hmm. And that brand creates an expectation, it creates an experience, it creates a promise. When we talk about the brand promise a lot, and it creates a relationship. And you have to have those things identified about how you want to create that brand experience in order to be able to orchestrate your ecosystem in the digital world in a way that's going to drive efficiency and it's going to drive scale. If you're going to piecemeal it here and there and everywhere, and you don't use the power of your brand in order to unite everything, in order to drive that ecosystem, you're not going to have that fuel you need in order to rise above the noise. Because there's only a very few companies out there that have enough money and have enough time that they can just blast things at like a high frequency and at a high volume and break through that noise without having, like you said, the really great creative, the really good strategic thoughtfulness with regards to where you're going to play and how you're going to play. And that is all about the ecosystem and creating that ecosystem. And I'll use an analogy because I haven't used an analogy yet in this episode. <laughs> but like if you're like, you know, you're you're in a house, right? And, and that should be very much relatable to a lot of people. But think about the whole world outside as being the digital marketing kind of realm of, of the universe. If you are a brand and you're trying to go to that person's house and you want them to let them you in, if there's already 10 people knocking at that front door and you're trying to go there and you're trying to knock on that front door too, the chances of you getting in are very, very low. Now, if you can figure out a way to get to the back door, which is a very much more familiar way, because not everybody can go to the back door, right? Because that's kind of super creepy if you just kind of decide to go to the back door. You have to kind of be invited into the back door. That takes a relationship. That takes a brand. That takes an experience that people appreciate. You might be able to do that. Now, if you're even going to do even better, you'll think like, well, how do I even get out of this door thing? Maybe I can, you know, transform my brand into like a bird that can go to the window and the window opens up. And we are going with this analogy. I love I, it. I love I'm it. I'm thinking a little bit off the cliff here, but I think the point <laughs> is, is that there's more than one way in than the bang on the front door. And if you're strategic and you're thoughtful about how you want to create your ecosystem, you can figure out how you want to make your brand work harder for you so that you can get these other entry points to your consumer or your customer or your target, whoever that happens to be, in a much more efficient way where you can leverage that scale in order to really drive better efficiency for your spend and better results overall. So I can get down off my tie box now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, totally. And then um and then you're gonna build up these great relationships with people. And then not only are they going to transact with you and be loyalists, but then they're also going to refer out to right. their friends and their family. So, but it all comes back to building a real brand. Yeah, I think that's great. And I do appreciate the analogy, although. Thank you. I deal with them on an hourly basis. So. It's my goal <laughs> to make an analogy for every episode. Love it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> all right. So the number four point here on tips for using digital marketing to your advantage is test and learn on an ongoing basis to ensure you're optimizing appropriately. And we talk about testing and learning all the time on this show. So that should be no surprise to anyone, along with the analogies in the Tide box. But um, <laughs> but really, the reason we talk about this, and I, I think one of the ways that people can get over their anxiety around the digital space and really how to use digital marketing appropriately for their business is you don't have to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars and hours and hours and hours of time. You can actually do small tests to kind of grow into a bigger strategy. And you also can change course really quickly to mm -hmm. optimize. And so this is one of the places where we feel like 
you can use your consumers to your advantage if you do know your brand by speaking to them through the digital space. And that's everything from sending out surveys via your Facebook to, you know, putting up A-B testing for different advertisements to testing offers and seeing what sells and what moves versus what doesn't. I mean, there's a million different ways to do this. And this is why I personally get so sad when I see people close the door on digital because they're fearful or they don't know how to do it or it is a black box or whatever, because the reality is they could be learning so much so fast and also getting credit with their audience for their brand by engaging and interacting and asking people. And so, and then I also think, you know, we've talked in this episode about how fast things changed and how sophisticated the digital space has become over such a short period of time. If you get really good at observing the space, really internalizing feedback, using digital to do this learning, then you can move your brand regardless of how much money you have, how sophisticated you are in digital. I mean, you can kind of customize the experience for what's comfortable and what is going to work the hardest for you. And, you know, I'm always the one famous for saying gone are the days of spending $300,000 or more on a TV ad for the Super Bowl and whatever, and saying, this is our one thing for the year. And so it has to be perfect. It's much more about learning enough to feel confident or hiring someone who can help you with it and then moving and then optimizing and then moving again. And it can be a lot less stressful, I actually think, than what marketing and advertising used to be. Absolutely. Yep. There's no such thing as a failed campaign if you have a pro if you have appropriate measurement. If you have appropriate measurement, let's say you spend 10% of your overall marketing budget on this test, new platform, new audience, new creative, whatever it is, new landing page. And let's say it just didn't work. Now, you didn't lose, really, as long as you have the measurement and you can understand why it did not work. And then any failure will bring you one step closer to success on the right path. Because even let's say you lose that 10% of your marketing budget, like, oh, shoot, I didn't really get too many sales. Yes, that is true. But you also learn like what not to do, not go down that landing page, not to go after this audience. And I think it brings you one step closer, like, oh, well, maybe next round, instead of going down door number one, let's go down door number two um, or the back door. And then- um, <laughs> Or the window. <laughs> or the window. And, um, you know, so have proper measurement, but you always need to be testing. You always need to be testing because if you don't test, even if you're successful today in January, 2023, if you're not testing, you're just going to have- a good campaign that's going to keep going, but it's going to erode over time because you're just maintaining status quo and your competitors are going to get better and better. And then you're just going to erode. And at one point you're doing great and then just went downhill. Um, so I recommend every marketer out there in every business set aside a testing budget whether that's whatever you're comfortable with, but there should be a budget that maybe it's like 10% of overall marketing budget or 5% or 15% with an understanding that, yes, you might lose um, or you're not going to gain customers, but you will always gain learnings if you have proper measurement. And that's what's going to keep you, I never want to say like future-proof, um, but that's really going to help gain towards like future proofing your business because you're gonna do these tests and then you're gonna find a couple of things that just hit and you're like wow I never expected that 
that's always on my, my always on campaign uh, program. And then I'm going to go to the next one. So it's just, if you want to be a viable business in the next five, 10 years, always have a testing budget. And I mean, even at Rise Marketing Group for our own marketing, we're always testing stuff. I love testing stuff. Some of it doesn't drive customers or leads and that's okay because we learn from it and others do and that's great. And then we're like, okay, we're keeping this on. Yeah, I think there's there's two points I really want to emphasize. I think one is that failure is as successful as actually getting the objective or meeting the objective of your whatever the the digital marketing effort is because it does start to create a this not that kind of mentality which helps you to rule out other things because sometimes the biggest issue for doing a digital marketing effort at all is like there's so much I can do what should I go do and it becomes so overwhelming it's just then try something and then if you can try that and you can see whether or not that works or not you can start to kind of figure out where you want to play in a much more strategic way than sitting around hypothesizing it yes. for, forever, which yes. is what a lot of people tend to do is they talk and talk and talk and talk and no action is ever taken because they can't weigh the risk versus reward, which is what I like what you had to say, which is like 5%, 10%, 15%, do whatever you think you're going to be able to do and feel comfortable losing it and losing <laughs> all that money because you might have that be the case for some moments of time and not everything is going to hit. It's not going to hit as you expected it to hit, but that is a learning and that learning helps you optimize. But I think one way to be able to have a better hit rate is to be very clear about what you need to do in order to move your business, right? There should be some aspect of that based on other marketing channels that gives you some sort of indication about what, what might work in digital. So for example, if you know traffic is going to help you be able to then convert you know, through your funnel, for example, and you know, if I just get enough people through the door, the things that I have to close them or hold them and then close them are going to work on that back end, then start with getting a lot of traffic. Mm -hmm. If you know like, oh, I'm getting the traffic in, but like, I'm not converting where I need to convert, then focus on whatever you need to do in order to get them someplace where you think they can convert. So be very like strategically focused on the elements of what you believe or the hypothesis of what you believe are going to move your business, you can change those hypotheses. That's what you're going to learn. That's how you're going to test and learn and optimize. But you have to put a stake in the ground somewhere and you have to make some hypothesis in order to go test them. So don't be afraid of making hypotheses. A lot of people are because they're afraid of being wrong. <laughs> they yep. afraid that it reflects on their credibility, their reputation, their ability to get more money. You can do all that if you kind of couch it in the fact that you are testing and learning, that's kind of your, your little, you know, your golden ticket out of it. If, if it doesn't actually end up working. So at least that's my thoughts. hundred percent be uh, very intentional with what you're trying to test, whether it's boosting conversion rates on a landing page or whatever that might be. And also just uh, plan out what are the KPIs that you're shooting for? Cause so many times, they might be like, okay, I want to test for a landing page that has better engagement or something like that. And then at the end of the test, they're like, oh, but we didn't get customers. They're like, well, sorry, was that the KPI? Was it transactions or was it just you know site engagement or something like that? Um, so yeah, be intentional with the tests as well as you know, plot out some true like KPIs of what you're hoping to achieve out of it. Proper measurement and then winner loot, winner gain, gain customers you're still going to win as long as you have the data to move you forward. So yeah, so it's not like putting money in a slot machine where you're 
you know, you're like, I might throw it away and get nothing out of it. I think your point about, you know, and your reinforced point about putting a percentage of the budget and then aligning that you're going to learn something regardless. It's yeah. not about, and I think you are exactly right when it comes to what is the KPI versus what do we deliver? Because so many times people quote unquote forget <laughs> what they said the <laughs> KPI was. Um, so make record of that or have your brief or whatever. But, yeah. you know, making sure that there is the understanding that we're not no longer, if you're in the digital space, are you really ever throwing money away? Because you are continuing to learn and you are continuing to optimize. And even if you say, well, we want to get X amount of sales and that doesn't happen, well, then you can diagnose the problem and say, you know, well, this did well, this didn't do so well. You know, you have a lot more data at your at your fingertips versus before when it was like, like my Super Bowl ad. It's like, I, there's no real way to know, well, one, what kind of conversion, <laughs> unless there's like a specific call to mm-hmm. action. But also, if it doesn't hit the way you want, it's like, well, shoot, now we lost all of that. We spent all of that and we have nothing to show for it. And that's just not the case anymore. But I do think you have to get that alignment ahead of time and just acknowledging that the test and learn budget is for just that testing and learning, which is going to lead to learning, not necessarily hard metrics of sale, conversion, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And so our final segment is typically where we highlight a company or brand that's using their marketing smarts. Oh my gosh. Marketing smarts are not. That's uh, from Boston. New accent there. We're not. T- <laughs> uh, um, but obviously we bring a guest on, we assume they are using their marketing smarts. So I would just say, Ben, make any final points, bring the conversation home and also let people know where to find you. So if they want to continue the conversation, they can do that. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, final points is um, you know just to recap a couple things. Make sure you 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 are building out your brand. It's a lot of work, but take time to formulate what that brand is. Bring in experts where, when, and where needed. Um, and then once you have that out, you know go to market with your brand and do some advertising and lean in onto some of the really cool things that are coming out into the marketplace, like machine learning and algorithmically run campaigns, but make sure that you have proper measurements so the the algorithms are actually going to learn on the fly of which audiences are working and which are not and which creative are working, what aren't. And in terms of automation, also lean into that, but be very mindful and thoughtful that you're not going to piss off your potential customers. Be nice. Use the golden rule. But um yeah, at Rise, uh, which is the agency that I lead here at Rise Marketing Group, we can be found at risemkg.com or just Google Rise Marketing Group. We're based in the Boston area, but we serve clients all over the U.S. and including um, in Europe. But uh, we are a performance advertising and marketing firm. So if anyone needs support with go-to-market execution across all ad platforms, Google, Meta, LinkedIn, email marketing, social media management, or SEO. We can help if it comes to building out a brand. I would defer that to other experts here. Um, like us. <laughs> like you guys. And um, and if you do have a great brand, you're like, hey, but we need a new execution partner. Love to have a conversation. Usually the approach there is um, contact us. You'd actually contact me. And then we'd formulate what a strategy would be or look at past data to determine what's working and what's not. And then uh, put together a strategy for you. So That's all I have, um, but um, really do appreciate uh, the time on today's show. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. 
So just to recap, four tips for using digital marketing to your advantage. Number one, machine learning and automation are the way of the future. So get on board. It is not going anywhere. You heard Ben say that. And the level of sophistication is always going up, but there are opportunities for you to play wherever you are in your journey. Number two, automation will give you a leg up and make the digital space more manageable. Creating a customer experience that feels authentic is key to doing this right. It can work for you, like Ben said, when you're not working. Number three, brands need to be at the forefront of digital marketing now more than ever. This is your key differentiator, and it's no different in the digital space than anywhere else. And number four, test and learn on an ongoing basis to ensure you're optimizing appropriately. This will allow you to get over the hump of digital marketing, but also helps you to stay in the know on what is new and upcoming and what's working for you and what's not. And with that, we will say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.